Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Books. It's mid-June. We're going to be talking a little bit later, Anna, about summer reading, which is coming up. But before we talk about summer reading, we have a couple of interviews for our listeners. We've spoken to from the staff here at the Mercer County Library, Alyssa Anderson, who is a do-it-all person out at the Hollowbrook branch working with Christine out there. And as our author guests, we've spoken with H. Leonards, who has written a book called Rosa Parks, Beyond the Bus, Life Lessons and Leadership. People are gonna enjoy having, getting to hear what she had to say. And we'll talk a little bit more about that book before we lead into it later on. Uh, And I know I enjoyed speaking with both of these people, as I'm sure you did as well. Talking with H was interesting just because of the background of the book um, and how it kind of came to being. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But then Alyssa was really fun to talk with uh, just because she obviously she works at the library, but just her advocacy about the library and its services and its resources. Um, it was just, kind of, it was very inspiring talking with her. And she works at the Hollow Book Branch where she and Christine Crawford are a two person show out there. They, they do, they both do all kinds of things. There's only a couple people to get everything done out there. And we'll be back with that conversation with Alyssa in a moment. Welcome, everybody, to this segment of Behind the Books, where we take time to talk with a staff member of the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure to talk with Alyssa Anderson, who is at the Hollowbrook branch. Alyssa, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you for having me. So Bob and I are huge Hollowbrook fans. We always call it the gem of the Mercer County Library System. Can you tell us a little bit about what you get to do at the branch? What are some of the things that you're responsible for at the Hollowbrook branch? Well, I do normal circulation things, which would be like checking in and out of your books. And since we're a lot smaller, I kind of do a little bit more than an average circulation person. So I do help with reference here and there. I step in for Christine when she's out which is she's my branch manager. It's only us two. I also do all the virtual cards and virtual renewals. So those virtual cards are a new service for our listeners out there. This is for when someone wants to apply for a card, you can go to our website and you enter in your information. All that information is shipped off to Alyssa then, and then she takes care of your card there. <laughs> which has exactly. been a pretty <laughs> which has been a really great service. And can you give us like do you I mean do you even know like how many how many would you say you get a day or a week? It depends. It seems that Mondays are our busiest days because this branch is is closed every Saturday and Sunday because we are part of this community center. So when I come in on Monday I'm always doing at least like I say about 17 20 to start off with and they just keep coming in throughout the day but that's not just new cards too that's renewals like I am renewing for residents and we've been doing that for quite a bit of time actually Hopewell branch started off with it and then we kind of got it from Hopewell 
we were sharing the wealth we were sharing the goodness yeah now i'm kind of like in a flow every day i come in i check and i do my normal circulation stuff too and i'm just like okay we're getting this going yeah it's it's been it's been good people use it you mentioned about the hollowbrook branch being in part of the community center over there in ewing Mm -hmm. it's very unique i think too do you find that you like the fact that it's small, unique kind of branch? Obviously, you got a lot of work to do because there's only two of you there, but it's kind of a unique situation. Yes. So this is the second senior center in Ewing, I think. Um, and downstairs, they actually have a preschool. So the preschool comes up sometimes for story times. So we you know, work hand in hand with them downstairs a lot. The seniors also get lunch here, so they are always coming in and out. And we're also kind of right next to TCNJ, so we do get students too. So it's a nice mixture of people that, I mean, we're kind of hidden. You kind of really have to dig for us, but when they actually do find us, we could be more personal, but keep it, you know, like we're building relationships too. And it's such a lovely space. I've always been, I always love going into to the facility there. I just think it's very welcoming. And I'm trying to think it was recently renovated, wasn't it? Or am I making that up? Yes. Um, a few years ago, they closed and they renovated the upstairs. So a lot of the stuff is new in here, like carpet, paint, walls, everything. So I'm imagining, or I'm thinking, this is always the big assumption that I make, is that um, people don't you probably never pictured yourself, or maybe you did. Maybe you thought you would always be in a library. Can you tell us how you kind of came into uh, library work? Well, funny story about that. Um, <laughs> I actually was in college and I was going for photography, um, totally completely different than this. And I recently started dating a guy I met in high school and he suggested that I work here part-time while I was going to college. I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. So I actually ended up loving it. And like a few months later, decided to just do it full time. And I did. And I, I don't know, I just college wasn't for me. So then I've been here ever since, (laughs) which is kind of nice, because it brings out a different side of me that I didn't even know I had like I love reading. I've always loved reading. But like now I'm really into reading. Um, Um, and I have made, you know, strong relationships with patrons where they're regulars and they come in and they actually like ask how I'm doing and I catch up with them, like things that I didn't even know I felt I was missing, I have now. So, and plus I met Christine, which then I applied for this because I worked in a few branches. I've worked in West Windsor uh, part-time. Uh, I worked in Twin Rivers full-time for a year. And I also... Well, that's where I met Christine because the building was closed. And then um, I interviewed and came here and we've been together ever since. (laughs) So it's been like maybe like five years I've been with Christine um, at Hallbrook. So yeah, I kind of, I've met people all over. That's my thing. I just love talking. Come talk to me. (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting too, because everybody that we talk to has like a nice unique story about how they ended up at the library. It wasn't even on your radar, right, until it was suggested to you to, to try it part-time. I think at that point, I was, it was early, I was in my early 20s. I just wanted to just find something I enjoyed doing. You know, you kind of like try to find yourself at that point. And it just, it fit in and it kept growing with me as I just got older. And I just, I love it. I love it. 
I do agree with you. I, it's funny how you do become part of these people's lives because they are part, you're part of their routine, you know, when they're coming in and getting books or coming into the programs and, and you do, you get to know them. I mean, it's, I mean, maybe more sometimes than we really want to, but you really do become a part of each other's lives. Yeah. Like um, the seniors are here every Tuesday. So when they would come upstairs, even when I was going through my pregnancy, they were always checking in on me and they were always like, you know, bringing the baby gifts and stuff and, and just, always like just the little things and I just I really loved being part of that because it kind of makes you feel stronger in your community so I I enjoyed that it's an extended community that you have because the patrons come in they get to know you you get to know them like just like you were describing one of the other things that we like to talk you mentioned earlier too how you really enjoy reading what are some of the kind of things that you like to read do you have something that's like your number one kind of in your wheelhouse go-to books to read? So I kind of tried to read a little bit of everything because, you know, we have to give the staff recommendations, but I mainly enjoy reading fiction, new adult stuff, romance. I know we don't have a new adult section, but that's basically YA, but you know, like between YA and fiction is new adult. I listen more than I I actually sit down and read now that I have a toddler. So I'm always on Libby. I'm always on Hoopla. <laughs> like, and I have to say, I am a book a day type of girl. I try to be. Shut the front door. Are you really? Yeah. Yes, I read a lot. Um, I definitely, especially like reading even easy books to my toddler and stuff. I'm always reading something. So one of the things we like to ask people is, because people have their preconceived notions about what it's like to work in a library. What is something that you think people would be surprised about what you do in a library or what you see working in a library? I think about this a lot. I just, I feel a lot of people don't know. I mean, I know this is behind the books, but a lot of people just don't really know the details of what we go through for things for them, like programs and stuff like that. Like, especially once with summer reading, um, we the amount of detail and thought and everything that goes into it is like, we're constantly thinking of new ways to not just get people to read in general, but just get people together. And I don't really think people know how much effort is really put into it. Like they see a program, they come and attend, but like, even as a mom from like a mom's perspective, it is a big deal to have something to do with your toddler and make mom friends. Like we're really trying our hardest to bring people together. It's not just about reading. We offer so much, especially people that need help with like computer classes and stuff. Like we, I don't think people really see how resourceful we are. I feel like we're, you know, we're always trying to get that word out, right? Like it's just a never ending, like just like you're, we're a record, you know, just over and over and over. These are things that we have to offer. And I think eventually it penetrates, you know, people's idea. Like, oh, I can go and see if the library might offer something like this. I've heard it somewhere. But yeah, I agree. I feel like we're just, we always have to consistently market it Even like with my, with my friends, like every time I'm, since I'm always reading, I'm always keeping track of like new releases for books. And I'm like, well, better put that book on hold. Like, I'm very constantly, my go-to is, well, the library definitely has that. Like, I I definitely see myself saying that a lot. (laughs) 
I'm always doing the most when it comes to advertising for certain things, like even baby time. Like, okay, well, we have baby time, you know, so-and-so times a week, like, come bring your kids. <laughs> we have takeout crabs, come on. <laughs> Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. It was truly a joy and uh, just so much fun. So thank you. We know that you have a lot to do. It's just being you and Christine at the branch. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Welcome back everyone to the next segment of Behind the Books, where we take a look at some of the programs we have coming up. Thanks to Alyssa Anderson for taking time to speak with us about everything she does out there at the Hollowbrook branch. Quite enlightening to hear just how much she has to do and, and how they keep things rolling at the Hollowbrook branch. I appreciated it when she talked about just the effort that goes into uh, planning everything. And there's a lot of planning that's going on right now for the summer reading program, which starts on June 21st. So on June 21st, you can visit your branch and register, or you can go online and register. And we will link to that uh, registration form in our show notes. And again, it's for all ages. So it's for your two-year-old, it's for your teenager, it's for people like me. That was one of the things I noticed last year talking to as the patrons would come in and, and mentioning to some of the adults as they would check out their books that the summer reading program was also for adults because I think a lot of times people think, oh, summer reading is for their kids. But it was once the adults found out that it was that they were part of summer reading and that they could, you know, keep the logs and be eligible for a possible prize, they were as into it as the kids were. So I all totally ages, agree as you that. say all ages. I also want to make sure I talk about some of the programs because we do have some virtual programs that are coming up for teenagers. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners know, but the Mercer County Library System has a teen advisory board. This is a great time for your teenagers to get involved with the advisory board. And they are actually having an information meeting, which will be taking place online using our video conferencing platform. And that's going to be on Wednesday, June 15th. So that's this evening at 6.30, but you can still register to get the link. Um, and again, that's uh, Wednesday, June 15th at 6.30. That's our teen advisory board. And then also June is Pride Month. And our one of our librarians, uh, Liz Hughes, who we interviewed with way back when uh, from the Heightstown branch, she is doing a teen tween title share. And the focus is on LGBTQ plus titles and authors. And that's taking place on Monday, June 27th at 7 p.m. And I don't want to forget that, as we just talked about, the summer reading program is not just for kids. It's for adults, too. And we actually have a kickoff program that is taking place on Tuesday, June 28th at 2 in the afternoon. So this is 2 in the afternoon on Tuesday, June 28th. And this is um, about a national park. It's called Discover Biscayne National Park. And this is a park that is located in Florida. And what makes this park so unique is that it's comprised of 95% water. There's going to be a ranger from the park that's going to be talking about the ecosystems, um, like the mangrove forest, the, the Biscayne Bay, the Florida Keys, and the Coral Reef. And it's, I just think it's going to be a fascinating session uh, about this very unique national park. I love the way that we get the rangers to come in and talk about it. 
And uh, as someone who's been a fan of national parks for a long time, I highly recommend those programs for people because while you're not there, you almost feel like you are there. And Anna, I think before we go into our interview with H. Leonard's, maybe we should give a little bit of a background into the mansion on O Street and how it all came to be, because we kind of jumped right into the interview with her. So we want to give a little bit of background before we start that interview. Yes, this we interviewed H.H. Leonard's about her new book that's coming out, and we thought it was appropriate and very well timed with it being Juneteenth um, coming up in a few days here. And as a lot of you may know, Juneteenth is the oldest holiday that commemorates the end of slavery. And her book actually talks about how Rosa Parks stayed at her facility, which is the mansion on O Street, and that's in the D.C. area. And a friendship really blossomed during Mrs. Parks' stay there. And H has written about her experience and and her lessons that she learned from Mrs. Parks. So it really was just kind of this fascinating uh, relationship to learn about, as well as just talking with H and about this the, the mansion on O Street. And that book is about to come out, which has also made it kind of timely for us to talk to her. And we'll be back with that conversation in a moment. H.H. Leonard is the founder and chairman of the Mansion on O Street in Washington, D.C. Her book, Rosa Parks Beyond the Bus, is scheduled to be released later this month on June 19th. H., thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. I am so honored. Well, one of the things I wanted to start out asking, we're going to get into the book, obviously, but I wanted to talk first about um, the mansion on O Street that's in D.C. Can you tell us a little bit about, because that's where you met Rosa Parks. So can you tell us a little bit about the facility itself? Yes, I bought it and moved in February 14, 1980 with a few books, a few records, no furniture. I had no money, no business background, no art background, no design background. I'm an example of what you can do if you have mission and vision. It is glorious. It's like walking into heaven. It's a sanctuary. And from the very beginning, because I had nothing, we gave rooms to artists and heroes and residents that uh, didn't have funds to stay here for a respite. Um, Sometimes it would be for a night and sometimes uh, our longest Hero in residence was Mrs. Parks for 10 years. And then we had somebody else that was here for eight years, but um, she loved it and um, we loved her. Can you talk a little bit about how that connection was made? I know there has to be a great background story to how she ended up with you at the mansion. I got a call from a gentleman from the NAACP who was a close friend of hers. I did not know who he was at the time saying that she had been um, severely assaulted in her home in Detroit. He had heard about our Heroes in Residence program. She did not have any money. Could she please stay here at no cost? Um, And I said yes and did not know who she was, which is really important because I always teach people, look at people's hearts, listen to their need, and make your decisions based on that. Um, I never, at the time, you couldn't Google but also I was not a smart student. I think I graduated, I know I graduated the second lowest in my class in in high school. But also I found out 
in writing this book that we weren't taught African American history in school. So I should not have felt like the dumbest student in the world not knowing. We just were ignorant. And that so that was Willis Edwards who contacted you, right? He was the president of the Beverly Hills Hollywood branch of the NAACP. Yes. Um, oh, go ahead. Most influential person in my life because he um, was a giver, never took, was an extraordinary role model of how you can exist by just giving. Well, and he was instrumental in uh, Mrs. Park's life as well. Like, wasn't he one of the ones who really um, led the campaign for her her uh, image on the postage stamp? Uh, he got her the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor, the Presidential Medal of Honor. Her last 10 years of her life after she was assaulted and, and um, healed emotionally, which was very important after a traumatic thing at the age of 81, and then also physically, she was stronger the last 10 years of her life than ever um, and more committed to helping more people because of what had happened to her, which is also a testament to a true hero. They don't ever feel sorry for themselves, although they're smart enough to step back a little bit and heal emotionally and physically. I think one of the things I enjoyed about uh, going through the book was um, when I think of Rosa Parks, I do think about that day in December where she refused to give up her seat. Um, and honestly, that's what I knew about her. Um, and your book really led me to learn more about her, what she was doing before that, um, what she was doing with um, uh, sexual assault survivors um, in the 1930s and when she moved to Detroit and what she was doing after that. Cause I think she moved to Detroit to be with her brother, but these are all things I did not know until I really started to delve into your book. And so they led me to research these and learn these other things about her. Um, and that's something I really enjoyed. It shows her as the whole person, not just this one slice of moment in time. And that's what's so important because the lessons she taught through her lifetime doing these things is more important today than it's ever been. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. It means a lot. Was there something that you wanted to make sure was reflected in that book about Mrs. Parks? Um, something about your relationship with her or something um, bigger, like her relationship with, with the community? When she had adversity, that knocked on her door consistently and continuously since she was a very small child. She always got back up and made no excuses for what had happened. She learned how to forgive, which was an important element of her success, but she never forgot what happened to her. And it was being able to straddle those two important lessons in life that I think led to a successful life. She was also very humble so that she never viewed anything that she did her entire life as anything more important than anyone else. So she, she never also categorized anyone into great leaders. They were either moral leaders or immoral leaders because she felt everybody from the time they were little on was a leader and a teacher. So those are extraordinary characteristics 
how you talked about her um, documenting rape victims, both, both men and women in the 30s. Talk about guts in a time that her life, it's uh, miraculous that she lived. But God has a way and wanted her to survive and wanted to continue to teach us lessons today. So she comes to stay at the mansion and she's there for 10 years. When did when did you kind of sense, I know you said you didn't really know her before she got there. When did you sense kind of a change in the relationship where you became closer and, and you became more friends than just somebody who was hosting her at your at the mansion? The, um, I think from the moment that we touched hands when she came in, you felt your life had changed for the better. I am an exceedingly shy, introverted person so that it was a blessing I didn't know who she was because I wouldn't have been afraid of her. She's too famous for me. So that we, we bonded on a, on a level that wasn't anything about who she was. So that was a blessing. Uh, I was about three years before I found out what she had done. And that was a very embarrassing time for me. And I apologized profusely. And um, she just said it was meant to be and she was so happy I knew now that I could start traveling with her. So, um, but the, the emotion was there from the moment we touched hands. Well, and she probably on some level liked the fact that you didn't know who she was before she got there and you just treated her like a regular person. And she didn't w wonder whether or not, you know, her fame for lack of a better word was the reason why you were, you know, treating her the way you were. Exactly. And that's also why I tell people that don't find out who people are, see them from their heart. Um, don't judge someone because you assume they're homeless, for example. Give them opportunity to thrive and, and be themselves because it's so important. Um, whether you're a famous person or an unknown person, you want to be accepted for your heart. And that's the greatest gift you can give each other, I think. Was there something that um, that was the impetus that that kind of like was your aha moment that made you decide that you wanted to to write this book? I would never have thought of it. Um, to tell you the truth, the uh, the Library of Congress had come uh, when we were um, honored as a because of Mrs. Parks stay with us as a, a site on the African American Trail. And they were doing a major exhibit, the first one person exhibit they've done in their 220 year history. They normally do genres like the baseball, the sports, the civil rights, women's suffragettes, but never one person. So they were researching that because uh, Howard Buffett had given them a major donation of her writings. And uh, Louise Clavel from the library asked me if I would write my memories because no one had really touched her soul. And when I agreed to write the book, I, in my head, it was a children's book because she loved children so much. And I wanted that book to be written for children about her soul. Um, so I said, yes, not understanding what Mrs. Parks wanted me to do, um, which was down the road, we will do that children's book. But right now we need to do the lessons of leadership and, and have people understand all the different things that she did and who she really was and is. 
And it's interesting how the timing of the book was so perfect to set the stage for what's happening globally today. Love is all that matters. And if we can get that message out um, with real life examples, how much better our families will be. And I think when people get a chance to see the book too, there's so, there's so much in there. You have not only just the, the great stories and the interaction, but um, the pictures and, and it's just like a great, I don't want to say history book, but it's kind of like a history book with so much different information in there. So many great stories, the pictures, it must've been fun for you to, to get the chance to put it all together. It was incredible because that's really when I learned so much that I didn't know about her. But also R.H. Boyd, uh, my publisher in, in um, Tennessee, Nashville, has been quite extraordinary to work with. Reverend Cloud uh, was my editor, and she did a lot of the legwork um, when it comes to the history portions in the book. And also with, uh, we provided her with many photographs, but she really took it to another level. Um, and it, it was a true collaboration. And that's what life should be. Let's work together. Well, and you, the book is, well, th this might not be true. I might be making this up. But I believe that the book, you journal a lot. And did a lot of what you were included into the book, you actually had to go through your journals and kind of incorporate it into the text then. Correct. But my journal is, um, have always been the emotional side of what's happening to keep my sanity. So it was also a journey through my life to see the ups and downs and how even more impact Mrs. Parks had on me than I ever thought. And that's what's so great about life. And, and also the fact that you can live long enough to learn those lessons of, of appreciating those people that you might not have recognized at the time. I had no idea how much she um, affected my writing. For example, even with this book, I think she wrote it. Well, you say, it, and it is a lot of her stories, and it's a lot of the interaction with her. And I think people, when they get a chance to see it, are really going to enjoy it. It's a, there's a lot of things in there that I don't think people knew. Like Anna mentioned earlier, you know, she found out more that than she knew about her. People always think, you know, they pigeonhole her into this one event for her life, but there was so much more to it than just that one event. And I, I, she was never angry, but she was definitely frustrated that she had been pigeonholed into one thing and that no one really wanted to listen to the full story. Well, and that happened on numerous occasions. I mean, just how people just sitting, when they would talk about even the incident we all know about sitting on the bus, they, it was construed as she was tired and she didn't want to get up. Well, she wasn't physically tired she was mentally <laughs> exhausted, you know, just of being pushed around. And right. that's when she decided to take her stance. So I think she, that was a constant uh, myth that she was always trying to kind of clean up. And that was just one of many, which it co comes through in the book that you wrote. Thank you for carrying the message to a greater audience, because it's an important one. Well, we've been talking with H.H. Leonards, who is the author of Rosa Parks, Beyond the Bus, which is coming out uh, June 19th. And we wish you the best of luck. And we are just hoping great success and exposure for your book. And we really do appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Thank you so much. Really, from the bottom of my heart.
Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this episode of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to H. Leonard's for taking the time to join us with that conversation. I know I learned a lot. If people get a chance to read the book, they're going to learn a lot. You know, we know the, the big story about Rosa Parks, but this book really gives you so much more insight into her life. We had a chance to look at the book before it actually was published, which comes out this week, and I think people are going to really like it. Right, and that's Rosa Parks Beyond the Bus. And it really, because when I think of Rosa Parks, I think of that action she took on the bus. And there is just so much more to her. I mean, even before that situation, things that she was doing before, she refused to give up her seat. And then afterwards, and just her active activism and how it was just so prominent in her life and her husband's life as well. So I, I appreciated the conversation with H. I appreciated the stories in her book. Um, and I really did. I liked the facts that she had laid out and how she had them laid out as well as the, um, the pictures she had to augment her stories as well. That was a nice conversation. And so was our conversation with Alyssa, where we found out a little bit more about what she does. I enjoyed getting to hear her talk about her road to the library and how she kind of found her calling. As we have with many of our other guests, they kind of found their calling with working for the Mercer County Library System. That was definitely one of my favorite things um, was how she found her way to the library. But again, and I mentioned this in the beginning is that I really, I appreciated her kind of bringing up all the work and all the brainstorming and all the plans that go into conceptualizing what we do at our branches, what we do as a system, um, and just making all the cogs work together and just making sure people know uh, what we have available to them to meet their needs. You know what that reminded me of, Anna? all the brainstorming and hard work that goes into putting together an episode of Behind the Books. And we're going to get to that to start planning our next episode, which we'll have for people in two weeks. We want to thank Alyssa Anderson, as well as H.H. Leonard's again for taking time to talk with us today. And Bob, I will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.